This week, the guys are watching and reviewing Black Widow. You're listening to the Racking Focus Podcast. Hey, I'm Josiah Blizzard. And I'm John Doyle, and I'm not making any noise. No? Oh, you're not plugged in. <laughs> Let's add you. Can you hear me now? There we go. Hey! Okay, well, let's start over again. Hi, I'm Josiah Blizzard. And I'm John Doyle. And we're here at uh, AMC. We just finished Black Widow. And uh, we're going to start with a spoiler-free for the first few spoiler minutes here. Spoiler-free. Uh, we'll see how long we can go with this. Uh, I first have to say that it's been, all, what, two years since we've watched a Marvel film in theaters? Yeah, I think Spider-Man Far true. From Home. Sure. Far From yeah. Home? Far From Home. Yeah, it's been a while. We've just been hanging out with, you know, this streaming service now, this Disney Plus. So, uh, spoilers, the spoiler free, spoiler free. Sorry, to freak everybody start, out. Right. The spoiler free, and we'll give full notice when we go to spoilers. Yes, and you'll be have a clip. you'll have a lot of time to dip out of this podcast and hopefully come back after you've seen it. So, I have to say that I think the film is a little bit of a jumbled mess here and there (laughs) but it's something that you absolutely need to see i think if you're a fan of the entirety of the mcu yeah i I, uh i i would i enjoyed it far more than pre-conversation about this film Mm -hmm. uh would have reflected there are places where it is really messy yeah and it feels like that messiness comes from missing pieces that are edited out Hmm. there's several times where we go from place A to place B and I feel like there's just something missing. So if that's an experience you have when you're watching it, that doesn't feel unusual. But the individual scenes, uh, and certainly, like, just to lay it right out there, Florence Pugh is off the hook good. Yeah, yeah. always. I mean, I, There's nothing I've seen her in that I've been like, I wish Florence Pugh wasn't in this movie. You could put Florence Pugh in right. every movie or for she me. Worked I'm like, I love harder. watching you her. Say, no, she's yeah. fantastic. She's great. Um, and I think Dave Harbour did a perfectly acceptable, like a good job in, yeah. in the role he's yeah. playing. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, I think the acting really is where it needs to be. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think there's, um, you know, uh, the biggest thing that bothered me throughout the film was actually the fight scenes and the way they were shot. And I felt like I was watching 2000s Jason Bourne films yeah. um, where you're not letting the, the actors, the performers actually fight. I mean, I, it's something that bugs me in movies today when when they're cutting away fast cuts, shaky cam. Yeah, I just I think we just need to get rid of it because it doesn't do the story any justice. I, I want to see the I want to see the fight in a wide shot. Every time they cut to a wide shot in this film, it was way more powerful than the close up shaky cam. I, I think that's a good point. And I, and I think one of the things about those fights is it under like in a Marvel film where you have big super characters fighting Mm -hmm. you can do that more easily because the weight and force of the fight is about the superpower but here because it's about skill yeah we want to see that skill played out and when we do get those glimpses of it it's really cool uh and especially with you know the character of taskmaster who isn't a spoiler at this point right but without spoiling that character in particular makes me want to see more More wide wide shot. shot Yeah, 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 exactly. I mean, that that was the biggest thing I think that bugged me throughout the film was was its use of close ups during a fight scene. And I just and I mean, considering, like you said, it is all like normal human level ability. uh, I want to I want to see them use their martial arts ability is the reason Jackie Chan is awesome to watch. Right. Or Bruce Lee or Bruce Lee or Donnie Yen. Like like all of these all. Pretty much any Asian martial artist that comes on screen that is using wide shots and actually doing the work. Like, that's the reason that you like watching them. That's the reason it's entertaining. And uh, I wish that we got more of that in this film. Um, I felt the direction was a little bit... I, I guess the messiness comes to the comes down to the direction. Like, I felt like there was just some disjointed pieces of the film that just didn't pay off the way it should have. Or it didn't... Um, it didn't like jokes didn't land the right way or does that make sense it, it does but i think i'm going to write that to whether it's direction i'm going to write it to the editing process sure but um because they had plenty of time for reshoots yeah they had p- plenty of time to work this thing over right yeah. like an extra year yeah. and i wonder if that's part of the issue 
like, did they over edit? Is that what you're were, saying? There were things that got adjusted in the time in the Marvel Cinematic Universe that re- required edits of mm. content, right? Mm. So, like I say, I feel like there's some missing pieces, right. and those missing pieces may be redirects because of the Marvel Universe redirecting in some way in the larger scale, and you know, coming from the top saying we have to, you know, abbreviate this or this has to go or we don't want this to be there. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, but it could also, I mean, I, I don't know. It, direct, you have to let the director be the one who keeps things cohesive. Yeah. Even though for me it felt like it was an editing job, that doesn't mean the director's not making those decisions, right? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, th- so that, I, I agree with you there. I, I would counter that by saying, um, there's, it's saying two things, I guess. The first is, I wish with all of my heart that this film had been made in its time appropriate spacing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This film would have been Does, brilliant. When was this supposed to come out? Was this it, supposed to be? It has to be. It has to be right a, after a year after Endgame. Is that when it was? It sh- no. It should be right after Civil War. Oh, sorry. You meant in the actual I mean sequence in, in the, the timeline. Sequence. Yes, uh, this I, film should have been made after Civil War. It, after Civil War, yeah, it would have been extraordinarily engaging. Yeah, agreed. Oh, really wonderful and it becomes a memorial in a way now in its current setting and the risk to Natasha is mitigated by our knowledge of what happens to her in the future. Mm -hmm. And since we don't experience a memory story, it just strikes me it would have been better served in that position. And I can't imagine why that doesn't happen, Mm -hmm. but I can't imagine why it doesn't happen. Um, The other thing I want to say clearly because of things I heard at the end of the film, which I don't want to talk about that until we get to spoilers, is this is a really great film for young women to watch. Yeah. And so for whatever filmmaking bumps there may be, uh, I'm excited for my daughters to see it. I'm excited for 14-year-old and 15-year-old young women to see this film. absolutely. And see themselves so bravely presented in a full Mm feature-length superhero film. Yeah. Um, I agree. Yeah. And that's that to me is really important. And and I appreciate Captain Marvel or, you know, as as a woman lead superhero story. Right. But this story does it better. And I think a lot of that's because of its emotional Mm -hmm. structure. It's speaking to some things that a young girl can hear. And it talks about the larger issue of abuse of women across the world. Yep. Uh, and the freeing of that sort of mind um, uh, where we where we sort of s- women see themselves in a negative light. And I heard tears from young women in the oh, yeah. room at the end. Yeah. And th- I think that that's a testament to the film in a way that you and I can't completely speak to. That's right? fair. Yeah. I don't have that. I don't have that perspective, that point of view. Uh, so, yeah, I, I definitely agree. Uh, I had a thought during the film that I was I was thinking I, I said I wish that this was a six part series hmm. because it would have I think it we talk about this all the time it would have been able to take its time it would have been able to add, this is a very relational story between mm-hmm. between people you know that from the trailers um, and it doesn't it doesn't have the time to do the relationships justice i think um and emotionally connect you with the with the characters within the story with all the characters within the story it just doesn't you don't have the time in two hours to do it but if you had six hours or or eight hours then then you have the time and you Mm -hmm. can you can take those moments to where you can stop and breathe and feel with those characters so i wish this was a six part eight part series on disney plus (laughs) but uh yeah. So But it's not. And it's not. Um it's not. That's I think it I think this would have it would have served the story better, um, if it was. But it's not. Uh what I did like about it was uh I thought the the action set pieces were great. I thought those were Agreed. Like almost over the top good. Yeah. Um some some CGI issues for sure, some visual issues. Again, um, which is weird with the all the with all the time, time they, they had. had. Yeah, I know. Um, and so I think I'm I think I'm criticizing this film a little bit harder because it had a whole extra year. You know, I normally I, I don't think I would really crap on the CGI issues all that much because they were I bought all of them. Right. But there were times where I was like, OK, that doesn't look 
the weight's wrong or the fire explosion, whatever's happening just looks a little bit strange. Yeah, sure. Uh, but you had a whole extra year to, to nail see that. it and clear it, right? Exactly. So uh, there is a there's a little bit of issue there, but so, yeah, this is a this is a story or a film where I really want to hear about the past year and a half of its existence. Mm-hmm. I'd like to hear the story where I actually care less about the backstage of Endgame, you know, in right. particular. But the backstage story of this, especially because of what COVID did mm-hmm. to the Marvel TV series and the 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 change, the, the new stories that were going to be told and what impact it had on this. I just wonder to some such a great extent what happened in this past year and a half. Yeah. And I think that th- that has some influence. But I do agree with you. People should go see it. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. And don't wait to see it. I feel like the spoilers in this as weird as it says about a film that's in the past, the spoilers in it will damage some of the thrill of the spoiling yeah, moments. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Uh, would you recommend people see this in theaters or get this on Premiere Access on Disney Plus? Yeah, I would see it in theaters. Yeah, I uh, agree. I mean, Premiere Access makes me mad. <laughs> uh, uh, anyway, um, but I would I would for sure see it in theaters. I think those big set pieces, I think you're absolutely right, yeah. shrunk down on a small screen, you're going to lose a lot of... I, th- I think the small screen might make the shaky cam a little bit easier to view than in the theater, but I think overall you have to see this. You have to see this on the big screen. Yeah, and then last but not least, again, just giving the opportunity for actors to do work in the big setting. Mm-hmm. There's some really great use of close-ups of some of these yeah, characters, oh yeah. and on a television screen or no matter how big your screen is, it doesn't have the same yeah. impact as those towering yeah. faces. So yeah, I would I would say see it in theaters. I would say see it and. Um, it's not the best Marvel film. Mm-hmm. It's not the worst, but I think for young women or women across the board, n- not to pigeonhole it there, I think it's really wonderful that this exists in this yeah. storyline. Yeah, agreed. Let's get into uh, spoiler talk. You guys have a few moments to jump out if you haven't seen the film yet. Let's roll a quick clip or something. You don't know everything about me. I've lived a lot of lives. Before I was an Avenger. Before I got this family. I made mistakes choosing between what the world wants you to be. And who you are. Okay, so we're back with some spoilers for Black Widow. We're going to dive into a little bit more of what what our thoughts are on the film uh, and get into some spoiler territory here. So again, if you haven't ducked out, uh, do so now if you haven't seen the film and you don't want it spoiled for you. You've been warned. So, I, you know, I don't want to bash things, but I want to. Sure. So I think we should start with the issues. And we can't in a spoiler free section talk about what was missing or what seemed mm-hmm. disjointed or messy. So talk to me a little bit about the messiness that you saw in the story. And again, these are yeah. spoilers. We're going to be talking about spoilers now. Uh, the, the messiness. Um, I wanted more of their connection as a family to pay off in the end, it didn't pay off for me because we didn't have enough time with them up front as a family. Essentially, David Harbour comes in, Red Guardian comes into the house and is like, okay, kids, we have to pack it up and go. We don't ever get to actually see them as a fam- uh, as yeah. a family unit. And so that right there, I would have loved to see, even if it was just a montage. Let me talk about marriage story for a second. Do you know how how much I felt like heartbroken for Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson uh, separating after eight minutes of a monologue, right. seeing a, a, a montage of their relationship and their kid. Eight minutes. It took eight minutes. Right. And I felt like I was part of that family and I was heartbroken when I found out that they were sitting in divorce or marriage counseling of some sort. The, all they needed to do was do some kind of up, up did it in like three minutes. You got a right. or less. You got a, a heartbreaking montage uh in an animation because they took the time to make you feel something there it didn't it didn't feel like the the filmmaker here wanted to make you feel for them they wanted to make you uh they like pushed you into the action of like whoa what is happening what is going on what's the mystery box i didn't want a mystery box i wanted to feel like i was part of this family and that breaking up of that family the betrayal i would have felt when the kids are injected with this serum I would have been betrayed with the kids. Right. I didn't feel betrayed with the kids throughout this because entire it, it film. Because it moved pretty quickly. Yeah. yeah. I, you know, it's interesting that you say that. I think that 
that sequence felt long to me too. I'm going to be honest. It did. It, it felt really it felt long. long. It felt like a 20 minute um, long scene. And I think part of it is because the action portion of it, the running mm -hmm. became the focus of that sequence instead of the family. Yeah. Um, and you know, you're right about the amount of time you could spend. And when you talked about a limited series, this is, that's episode one of a limited series. That's episode one. Um, and, the whole family would right, be episode one. The whole family one. is episode one. Yeah. It's, it is the. It's also the mini film you produce with those same actors uh -huh. that you throw on uh, Disney Plus last mm -hmm. week. Right. Uh, if you don't think you can put it in the film, you've got this yep. new structure uh, where you have Disney Plus as an access access point. Yep. Why are you not thinking about how you well, can tease? And these you're things? teasing it, and you're and you'll likely get even more money for the film because yeah. more people are gonna you're gonna end it on a cliffhanger of some sort. Right. And you're gonna get you're gonna suck people into the film before they even watch the film it's a prologue for the film right and i think that there's something about that that has value we're seeing them do that with these disney plus series it's so funny that over a year someone didn't say you know we could really take yeah. one episode and like an episode a single special event yeah. a, a very special episode of black widow and let yeah. that play out because I, I think you're right about that and we didn't so when they're mourning the reality of their relationship we don't have context for that right Again, I'm. I feel like there's an. It may be an editing issue too. It may be a time issue. I think it's a mix of direction and editing. I think there's. I think and may potentially even screenwriting. I think there's. I think there's a mix on all on on multiple fronts that that they didn't pick. Uh, a more. I'm gonna. I'm gonna actually. You know what? I'm just gonna throw it all to direction, because that's the top. They can make the calls and oversee the editing. I know Feige didn't make those calls. I can't imagine Feige would have been the guy right. um, to, to, right. to pull those out of the edit. No, right. right. I can imagine Feige's the guy who said, you're going to cut scene nine because it no longer matches Matters. with what's yeah. happening in yeah. Hawkeye, right? Like right. I can see right. I, that's where those fingers are. And, and I'll talk about that in yeah. a second. But I think you may be right about that. And I, there are plenty of woman directors with more experience. Mm -hmm. She did nail the big set pieces, though. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. So I'm wondering just where that that relationship stuff goes wrong, and we so we couldn't see the level. Like they never really sat down to dinner, right? Yeah. No. So that dinner sequence we see later yeah. doesn't land. You're absolutely right. right it about doesn't that land at all. They, and then they separate immediately, and you you get callbacks to what we saw in the first scene. Right. You see the book and you hear the song, and I knew that both of those things were planted the second I heard them and mm -hmm. I saw them leave it and they start singing putting my song putting my right. tape I'm like okay great this is going to come back up in like an hour in in or in some change maybe right and sure enough it did but it doesn't land because we didn't have enough time. we didn't get enough time I wanted to see them you know what this is how it should have started it should have started with them at their fake Christmas at their fake summer vacation, montage of all of these different things, actually doing those so things. So we saw those images, yeah. That's and actually then a really good we, And then it's revealed to us that it's all fake, that it's all a fake moment. Well, and if it was revealed to us it's all faked, even in that prologue, right? You're all in that prologue. Right, yeah. Without even having to say it. Like, it's a right. that's a show-don't-tell yes. moment where yep. we see those things, and then we, real, we see the book, and then we realize they're russian agents yeah and then we learn that the pictures were faked way back way late back. in the story we mm -hmm. can learn that late in the story yeah we just know that those pictures aren't real because we know that they aren't a real family that's actually a really yeah. good point like, that's how it should have started it takes time to do that and they just couldn't afford it the movies you know two and a half hours already or whatever it was two, I, I think it was two hours and 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 uh it was a hundred it was 134 minutes so two hours and 10 minutes Two hours and 14 minutes. Yeah, I mean, it just, it strikes me that's really the crime of that opening. I think you're absolutely right. And then I'm going to say, you know, where I saw the big break, and I was really confused about this, actually, was mm -hmm. when, uh, it's 2.13, yeah, when um, Scarlet Witch and... I, Scarlet I Witch. Guess Black Widow? Black Widow. Goodness gracious. <laughs> you can hear my brain. I'm, I'm literally looking at clock. Color followed by it's some kind of stop. being. Widow. Right, hold on. So when, when Natasha and Yelena, let's do that. Natasha and Yelena. Be when better. Natasha and Yelena finish their fight, right, which is abrupt and weird and ends without a full conclusion, right? Their first so their meeting. their first meeting fight, right? Which yeah. is, a which is again, your problems with how the fight was directed are clear. Mm -hmm. There's a few nice moments in there. But 
when that fight ends, the next thing we know, we're like in a vehicle driving, right? And yes, there's I'm lit- glad you said this. Absolutely a missing scene. There. There's no reason for yes. There, there's there's a no reason scene. for them to jump from that to driving, unless some reason something got cut. Uh-huh. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. There's because there and what happens is too. There's a demeanor change, and we yeah. see this happen over and over again, where we go from a, a moment that's either action packed or dramatic or intense, where these actors who are all like they're all really good actors are doing the work and then we flip to a sequence where they are being glib and clever and yeah. and funny yeah. and so that car scene is a funny scene right when does it go from the car no it goes from the car it goes to that car scene after is it after she bandages her up and they have that drink and they talk about the dog that she wants a dog and she's looking for, and she was looking for her mom um, because they chase down they go down the roof Taskmaster chases them through the streets, right. and then they're like drinking, and uh, they're at the picnic table. They're watching this family, and then they're in, in the, the car, garage. and then all of right. a sudden they're in the car. Right, and it it's, is it. They could have had that conversation at that table instead of in the car. Or, but, but to think about it, like my perspective is that they also could have it where they had it because it's a comedic scene in the car, mm-hmm. and it's a dramatic scene about yeah. the mother, and there's a thing in between there we're missing. Missing, right. Whatever it is, I don't know. I, I we will yeah. we may never know what it is. Yeah. But there's a, there's something in there that's missing from that scene, and and the, that to me happens several times. It happens mm-hmm. w- with you know when we're encountering or we're bringing the family together. Yeah. You know, getting uh. And and some of it feels like it may have been. An effort to spy thriller. I don't know, but I'm not sure. it, yeah. it, it feels like there's missing pieces throughout, and that to me is why I'm saying editing is the language I want to use, whether sure. it's directorial or not. Yeah, those pieces that are missing caused me to feel jarred out. Of yeah, the story oh, absolutely. Briefly, right. I'm glad you caught that scene because that to me was the most disjointed it, jump. Right. Uh, there were. You're right. There were others. It may not have been entire scenes cut. It may have been parts of scenes. Yeah. Even. Uh, but yeah, there is definitely some issue in in that in that editing room in the I would be I'd be interested to see what they release as a as deleted scenes that come up uh right. when it's released on on digital. Well, and if they're deleted because of runtime? No, because of the runtime should not be the issue, yeah. right? But maybe maybe, right? If they're deleted because of the Marvel universe's pivoting in some way, mm. we're never going to see those things. Yeah, you're right. We'll never yeah. know. But it, you're right. If they are deleted for time, we'll see them and you know, it's going to be one of those moments where you're like, no, this is one that actually probably should, should have, have been remained. in there. Yeah. But I can, I, you know, you can feel the desire in this to lighten the weight, right? The story is extremely brutal. Mm-hmm. There's that sequence when they're talking about um, what happens to the women and that they can't have babies and their uterus is ripped yeah, out and the fallopian yeah. tubes. Yeah. And that, uh, you know, all of that. I mean, that's played dramatically and with some measure of humor, right? Because Pew mm-hmm. just is so gifted. And, yeah. and I mean, Johansson's really the same. They, this, they can really play it. Yeah. But it feels to me there that that, was, that, move, that movie is a movie that's hard for young people to go see. Like that scene is a hard scene mm-hmm. for the same 14-year-old girls who I think are wildly impacted by right. the empowerment of the story to hear. And I'm wondering if the push for humor was to counterbalance some of what the, is the brutality of really horror. Yeah. This is about assassins. It's about murder. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm not sure. I, I mean, it was funny, but I'm going to be honest. I didn't laugh throughout the film all that much. I think I maybe chuckled once or twice, but it didn't, it doesn't hit with the same. It's, it's this humor that makes you feel like, Oh, that sucks. But it's, lighthearted in nature right and so like i feel uplifted but i'm not laughing about it right and, and that's maybe that's right. just me because the rest of the audience was laughing throughout the film but i wasn't i wasn't really finding it funny yeah I, i'm i think that the effort for humor is about counterbalancing yeah. emotional trauma that they should have leaned into that trauma and drama that's uh-huh. the thing that uh-huh. Black Widow brings for us, right? right? Especially because of what we know happens to her because yeah. of that death. Every, and, and because of that death, we know she has plot armor, right? Her right. plot armor exists because she has to die somewhere else. Yeah. And she can't be reborn because that screws everything up. Yeah. 
we also know that whatever happens with these other characters, they can't, they either have to die or more likely they have to go into hiding at the end. We uh-huh. have we have those knowledge because yeah. they don't appear in Endgame, right? Right. They're not part right. of They're that story. They're not around. We haven't seen them outside of this film yet. So right. we know either they all die or more likely there's some kind of passing of the torch and they're going to go into hiding, like you said. They're yeah. going to escape the main event, which means they all live, which means they also have some kind of plot armor. And right, and, and, and so there's that thing happening. Yeah. But underlying that, there's, there still is this weight that exists because we are mourning Natasha Romanoff throughout the story. Mm-hmm. You know, when I watch this, my feeling is, like, I'm angry that this movie didn't exist and she didn't have a sequel. Like, I'm angry right, right. that they didn't do the work with this really good actress yeah. and this really interesting character who's grounded and you know this film and they they tease it um yeah this film should have came out in 2017 right after civil war um when she when she's watching the james bond film Mm -hmm. right yeah there's no question in my mind that this was supposed to feel like a james bond film yeah and it never quite gets there right there's something about what's going on that doesn't get there and i feel like it would be it would be a well, better it, film. It definitely feels Bondy. If it leaned into the it, Bond film yeah. even farther. Yeah, exactly. And even the villain of the movie is kind of like this big Bond bad guy, right? right? And we like, see that earlier scene because it echoes what we see at the yeah, end. Yeah. But you're right, it doesn't land in the same way as it could because we didn't have time with that earlier scene. Yeah. But you're right, that end, I mean, the ring, for goodness sake. The ring, sake. I, yeah, the ring and the touchpad and all yeah. that. It just And the computer, all of it just feels, even Taskmaster as like this henchman that is... Yeah, working exactly. for him. It's the Dave mm-hmm. Batista of Scepter, right? Yeah, or something. Or right. Spectre. I don't know. That movie wasn't that great anyway. No, but. but but I mean, James Bond does. That's part of the process, right? Yeah. So the villain is this big, thoughtful villain who can't be killed, right? Like yeah. the Budapest story is an earlier James Bond movie, and this is the later one, right? And th- then we, you know, we have the opportunity to um, to explore the the Bond-like events with Big Villain doing his mm-hmm. um, his giant plot, which right. he reveals. Like, all yeah. of those things take place yeah. for us. The tropes, all those tropes happen, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, yeah, this, the movie, it felt... But it doesn't land. It's, so, tone then. It's all about tone. And the tone doesn't hit right uh, because it bounces around because it wants to be multiple things. It never makes a clear decision on what it wants to be. And I actually thought about this, too, was not in the Bond sense, but... Uh, now that you bring it up, like, is this a spy movie? Is this a family movie? Or is this a movie about sisters? Is this a sister movie? I and, and they kind of, there's a lot of blurring of those lines there. And to me at the end, even especially in the end credit, which we can get into at some point, that this feels like a sister movie. This feels like it should have been a sister movie. Yeah. A sister movie from beginning to end. Mm-hmm. Forget about the parents. Forget about the family unit. They can be there. They can be, they but can exist, forget about their import. But they they push the family too much for the sister portion to have any sort of impact at the end. Yeah, I, uh, at least for me. That's interesting. That's an interesting. You know, thought. like yeah. And and so I would have liked more of that. And I mean, it feels like it's for, even from the very beginning, it's about the sisters. But then it, the the family cu- unit kind of hijacks the story a little bit. But we also know that it can be done well. The that yeah. idea, even all those parts, all of it. because all you need to do is watch Skyfall. Right. To know that you can do the action movie with the big set pieces, mm-hmm. full of humor, yeah. and yet lay in conversations about what it means to be family or not have family, mm-hmm. and it works. Yeah. It, but it is about having that sense of scale and letting the character have that size. The size that we see Black Widow have in the final moment before right. the before the break, right? Before right. we go and we get that little funny... Um, here's the ship you're going to go back and save the Avengers moment the, that moment where the you know the trucks are pulling up and for some reason they take the road instead of driving across the field and um, you know they make that <laughs> in turn in their which, 100 Suburbans that they're driving and we've seen that image in a million, a million times, times in yeah. films and then we get to that tremendous hero shot which Natasha has not really gotten yeah and it was that I thought that was a beautifully framed shot just yeah. absolutely gorgeous yeah. at the end and that's the that's what I needed her to do. I needed them to treat her with throughout the film. Yeah. Right. And you're right. I think the sister thing would have pushed us farther. It would have pushed direction. it further. So let me ask. I was a little bit. I was a little bit confused here. Um, so so Civil War ends. This movie fills that gap. But it sort of fills the gap between Civil War and the post-credit scene in Civil War. 
right? Wh- oh, because the oh, post credit is is Bucky and Wakanda in, in Civil War. Is that not the is no? That not the end. I think What's the post credit is them breaking them out. It's the oh, it's is the it guys in the prison and um, does Cap and Natasha sh- break out? Cap shows up, right? Okay, like, yeah. I, if I'm wrong, yeah, maybe that, no, maybe you're right. Maybe but you're I think right. that's it, and so I think it happens in between there. Okay. Oh, interesting. So the way you need to watch this movie then is you need to watch yeah. Civil War, this, pause before she gets the, the jet pause at the, the end. Right. Pa- right. Before the credits. It's like you got to pause. Well, I guess you could watch, uh, pause before the credits. Pause at the credits. Pa- right. Pause, right. At, pause the credits, at the credits. And then go watch the end credit of. Because you've already paused at the credits of Civil, Civil War. War. Yeah. Go pause, pause at the credits of, of Black Widow. Return to Civil War. Watch the end credit. And then continue on as normal, right? And then end credit. Obviously, you're gonna have to watch uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier first if you've seen. If you haven't seen that, then I'm very sorry. That well, we're gonna talk about it right now. Um, we said this when we were walking out of the theater. We were having a little discussion. We had to stop ourselves because we knew we'd talk about it on the podcast. But do you think that they reshot that end credit scene after? Falcon and the Winter Soldier was written and was to premiere, or do you think that this was originally planned from beginning? From so, the beginning. So I want you to talk about that first because you have a clear opinion about it, and then I'll talk about my. I do have it. a. I do have a clear opinion. I'm looking at something. I really think that that was a reshoot. I really think that they had something else there. Um, you know, at the end, you have Julia Louis Dreyfus show up as Val uh, or Valentina. I guess she'd yell at me if I called her Val, right? And uh, we met her originally in Falcon and the Winter Soldier when she recruits John Walker for the whatever program she's running. Uh, and so I, I think that that was a reshoot. Are you trying to find the, the original I, I, order? I, yeah. Um, I think that, I think that the, the end credit of Black Widow was a reshoot because it seems like they're really setting up Hawkeye here. And it wouldn't make sense for this to have released previously to Falcon and the Winter Soldier with that end credit. Do you know what I mean? Like, it just wouldn't have added up if we got this end credit before we were introduced to Val in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Right. I, it's all about timing, which we're not going to find. Like that's Yeah. Sort of if anybody knows here. what the original well, we timeline can look it up. of this So that's was, a thing we know, can but... talk about later. Maybe, maybe we pull ourselves back together and yeah, maybe we'll we find do it. some bit there I, I may be wrong about that end credit scene too i'm try, no who knows i don't know it just it just feels like it was like an added thing uh, so my my gut feeling is that um we know that the this is a setup for the dark avengers right so the val's team is these dark avengers this other team which has uh you know yelena it has uh uh Walker. Walker in it. I'm trying to think of what name I want to call him. We'll call him Walker. Yeah, like US there, agent. There, it, it has Zemo in it. Like it has mm. this team of these um, sort of counter villain yeah. heroes, right? Yeah. Um, in a way like a Suicide Squad-esque, except without sure. the absurdity of that. Right. And so there, that setup is taking place. I think probably this was teasing that originally. Mm. So I can imagine that Julia Dreyfus may have been in that original scene. She may have been there or not, yeah, yeah, yeah. and they would have teased that Dark Avengers with wh- whoever uh, it might have been. And she would have hurt. And she right? would have reprised her role with in Ca- Falcon, with and Falcon and Winter Soldier. And then when she shows up there, we're like, oh, that's well, now I know where it's gotcha. going. Right? I guess it could go either way. But the the idea is, I I don't know about the Hawkeye part, right? That feels like that's weird. Sure. It, the iPad feels weird. Yeah. You know, like that, yeah. that here's your, here's who it was. And, and that may have changed, mm. but that setup for dark Avengers or, or these alternate Avengers, I feel like that's a thing that is a yeah. legit yeah. setup. So I, I don't know, but the idea of reshooting, it feels to me like it may be a reshoot for Julie Dreyfus, who they may not have cast right. when th- this originally went into action. And yeah. it may be a reshoot because of Hawkeye. Right. And it may be a complete reshoot. I do, though, I do think the, the grave moment is, is, was real. I think that's there. Yeah. Um, no, I think so too. I, I don't think the entirety of it. I think it was altered. Um, and actually, I'm not sure if they they have a two shot together. They do have a shot together. Or they have a they have a master together. So I wasn't sure. 
anyway, yeah, it's it's clearly setting up something for for Hawkeye. I would imagine that Florence Pugh will return as Yelena in in the Hawkeye uh, series, which I'm not sure. I, I haven't read up too much on that if it's confirmed or not, but if she doesn't show up, I will be shocked. Um, so yeah, that's I mean that's just a quick thing that we were thinking while we were walking out of the theater, but. Um, hey, talk to me about Taskmaster a little bit. Uh, well, before we do that, let's just say I think that breakout may happen before the credits even roll. Okay. In in Civil War? In Civil War, yeah. Now, oh. someone's going to tell me we're wrong, and I may be way off base, because there are two, and you're right about the... Is, is, the, is the Wakanda one one, one Wakanda of the... One, maybe yeah. that's a mid-credit. I think there may be a, a Spider-Man one. So there's that, that and I th- I think that that happens at the very end of the film that we that the release takes place and you'd have to mm-hmm. stop the film before the last scene yeah uh, and then you come back for the post credits but you let's go back to your real question oh Taskmaster uh, yeah well, okay so talk to me about Taskmaster a little bit they appear in the comics correct right. Taskmaster's in the comics um, I heard about Taskmaster I didn't read any comics right you you read all the comics growing up I did not read any comics right. I first learned about Taskmaster playing. Uh, the the recent like PS4 Spider-Man video game, yeah, and okay. and he shows up as a uh, as like a not even like a villain but like a side villain who just gives you like these subplots these these things to do he gives you tasks to complete <laughs> as the Taskmaster <laughs> legitimately like there's these boxes around New York and I was like oh this is a cool villain and he was even cooler to fight because you'd have to really think about how to defeat him because he legitimately mirror everything that you do mm-hmm. and it was really really cool. And so I actually forgot that 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 they were in this. Um, what did you think of them in this in this movie? So that's a great question. I thought that the first time they appear, the first time Taskmaster it comes up upon uh, Natasha when that accident happens, which is another one of these disjointed moments, right? She's driving away yeah. suddenly, and the car boom boom off yeah. it goes. There's no prep for the fact that she's been tracked in some way right. and where she is whatever there's a lot of wackiness going on all they do is there. all you see before is taskmaster getting a usb plugged into the back of their neck yeah and then next thing you know it's, natasha's yeah. driving right yeah and she has to go get gas right which we don't really mm. we know what she's doing but we don't know why she's doing it whatever yeah. it, it, that felt really disjointed yeah but um the, to say all all of that um that scene i thought worked because mm-hmm. what we do is we get to see very quickly um several Avengers sort of fighting styles appear. Right. Right. Right, right, right. So um, that that to me is it, it is what we want to see. That Captain mm-hmm. America shield is great, like a great moment coming yep. into the, the truck. Um, the thing about Taskmaster, and we get the tease, Taskmaster is watching. I hope we don't get interrupted. Uh, Taskmaster Master is watching uh, Avengers footage, right? Yeah. And he's learning, and that's... Or, She's learning. Yeah. They're learning. Um, uh, that's going to be a complex thing when we talk about it in the comics, because for the comics, that's not the issue, right? Right. Uh, and that needed to for me to be a little more clearly presented to understand Taskmaster, but that they were learning. Yeah, that yeah. that that learning, and I think it, it's there, and it's show not tell. So whatever, I'll take it. But um, later, honest, I didn't even notice that he, they were watching footage. Of yeah, Avengers. I, mean, I didn't even catch it. Yeah, I think it was Hawkeye in the yeah, image. Yeah. Um, and then later we get the Hawkeye moment, right? Which is a great moment, a, mm. a definitive Taskmaster image from the comics. Mm. Um, and we saw some good parallel fighting between yeah. Taskmaster and Natasha, and later on in the the house with um, the the two Black Widows. Right. With Dave Harbor's character, we get less of that, right? Far less of that. Um, yeah. And th- but the key is, it's not about mirroring. Right. Mirroring's part of it. it it's it, about gaining the skills. Yeah. And being able to use them. So I loved that first scene because we saw skills used. I loved when we see yeah. Hawkeye's arrow come out. I he, don't. They just they, need ab- to they like absorb and then will they'll learn it and then counter with it and right? can use and it and they can use it. Right. Yeah. That's exactly what it was like in, in the Spider-Man game was like, they would start to obviously can't really shoot webs, but like there's moves that they, that they use that they picked up from you playing the game. But, uh, yeah, it, it was, um, it was a little bit, I was shocked that it was a, it was a woman cause I really expected it to be a man in, uh, in this movie. Uh, I'm fine with either, but I was then shocked to learn that it was his daughter, the villain's daughter. And then we know how bad the villain is. Yeah. Like, that's uh, a good... The dude sucks. Like, yeah. awful villain yeah. thing. 
But I was then afraid that they were going to get rid of her right. by the end of the film, which thank God they didn't because right. I, was, I was just afraid Taskmaster was going to be this, this one and done. The same as has happened so often yeah, with these Marvel villains. Yeah, I was so nervous, so worried. So I'm, I'm really hoping that she, uh, she reappears later. Or they, whatever. I, they, I, they's I probably a good terminology. Yeah, probably. But the other thing I'll say about that too is that one of the things I think that may be a missed opportunity and again, I wonder if we mm. would have seen more of this in some other fashion, is essentially what Taskmaster does for this film is make Natasha have to fight all of the Avengers. Right. Oh, yeah. So mm. a montage of Taskmaster watching the Avengers instead of watching a single film right. and then watching those moves and her being able to counter those. Right. Watching, you know... Um, uh, the Red Guardian be able to fight Captain America. Right, 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 right. Th those are th that felt like missed opportunities yeah. in the, in the film. That's what Taskmaster does for us. Taskmaster becomes the story of what is it like for superhero A to fight superhero B. Right. Um, and in a way, that's we got to see that a little bit, but yeah. we didn't get to see it to its full, full potential. And that's yeah. partly because Taskmaster isn't our villain. Mm -hmm. Taskmaster is the henchman and that distinction yeah. removes agency which we right. know Taskmaster didn't have agency because um, they're under the same spell yeah. as everyone else yeah, yeah totally and uh, and because it's a uh, it's a redemptive moment she they are Taskmaster is a redemptive moment for Natasha to be able to uh, kind of get over her skeletons in the closet a little bit right and move on from the fact that she had to you know kill an innocent kid to uh to get out of of uh, you know the black widow program essentially and, and join shield right and so we know the second that we we're revealed it's revealed to us that it, that it's the villain's daughter that one she needs to be broken free from whatever spell that her dad has put her under the, right. the enslavement right the um, she's essentially this robot that has been programmed by her dad. And, uh, so one, she needs to break out of that. But two, we know there's this moment that needs to happen between her and Natasha for this full redemptive arc to happen for Natasha by the end of the film. So for me, it was like, I know that she's not in danger. I know that, th I know that neither of them can kill each other because one, Natasha can't die. And two, there needs to be some sort of redemptive arc to happen. There needs to be some kind of conversation where right. she's, where the, where the red, antidote has been given to her so i know that needs like it just gets rid of the suspense when you when you kind of break it down and maybe that's just me thinking about it from a filmmaking perspective from a story perspective it it takes any of that danger any of that suspense out for me because i knew she couldn't she couldn't die until at least that i'm sorry and the forgiveness was given you right. know what i mean mm -hmm. uh, but i am glad that they didn't that they didn't kill her my goodness that would have been when well, we have this squad of Black Widows, like there's an interesting squad of sequel yeah. to this film. Yeah. Um, that's a big spy thriller that could be really interesting, which I don't think will ever get made. No, that'll never happen. But yeah. it, it, I mean, there's a lot of, of setup with that. So, yeah, I think, you know, Taskmaster doesn't come to their full potency because the film removes mm. so much agency from these yeah. characters. Um, in the same way that the mother gets, this is another one of those moments that's like really weird and hard. Mm. So in order to fool us about what's going on, yeah, yeah. the mother is in cahoots with Natasha, right? Yeah. But that pig sequence is is far awful. too awful. Yeah. Again, like that's where I'm saying like the... the that's where the family thing didn't land right. The tone is a problem, mm -hmm. right? Because that's brutal. Yeah. And she needs to... Be, we need to see that transformation. We need to understand that transformation. And seeing the book and thinking it's real yeah. isn't sufficient no. to change or redeem her right. as a person who, first of all, has enslaved all these girls, whether she wanted to or not, or she knew well, about and, it. And she's somewhat enslaved herself, too. With Oh, we're going to talk about something else. We're going to talk about this that pheromone crap in a minute. But yeah. you keep going, yeah. So she's enslaved as well so you want to say that's the case right so like i understand that that's the case but th her cruelty is still cruelty that needs to be accounted for yeah. in the storytelling in some yeah. way because that seems brutal or uh, and and 
I guess what I would say is that I'm cool with it, that she did that. But that didn't feel in the same place as some of the rest of the film. Like, it feels well, like there's two sort of yeah. tones well, back and, and forth. And it also didn't, she didn't have a big enough reaction when Yelena was like, I was one of the girls that was, this was tested on, you know, like I was, I was under this mind control, you know? And I guess the reason being was of course, because she knew that Yelena was going to be under that, right? All of the black widows are under that, that spell essentially. Right. So she wasn't shocked because she's essentially producing. She's really behind all of it. The chemical. Right. Yeah. And so, but there isn't enough sorrow for her, even though she knows about it, there isn't enough sorrow for her to, feel any remorse of doing it like i don't feel like she felt remorseful of it when yelena gets up to leave the table you know after saying that she was under the spell that her mom essentially created and again you know i wonder saying? if there's yeah. missing material yeah. i wonder if there's just material that's not there whether yeah it, you know t- in order not to go too heavy we something yeah. gets pulled out or not to go too light something gets pulled out like those are the the sequences we have to sort of get a sense of yeah um, it just it just doesn't hit the right way but with so within within the second that that uh you know she says that i'm sorry but i've already called the red room here and the time they get picked up they've they've gotten into their outfits they've come up with a plan and they know exactly what every everyone's doing well and she's decided to and decided to join them and go against everything that she's known for the last 30 years and that, that to me is where we there has to be missing material yeah. because that switch is so quick and it's a switch for a woman who although she may say before uh-huh. i sat with the family i didn't realize and so i called the red room here yeah that still she's the woman that suffocates the pig yeah um and that to me is there's still a level of cruelty that can't be explained away yeah um and and negligent dismissive uh-huh. no affect cruelty right yeah like it's not like she was enjoying it and it's not like she was right you know playing around and and was going to do it at the last minute right it even though the line may sort of tease us that by the time it's done yeah it, it just doesn't play for me it seems like right that that cruelty is cruelty and that's a lot to handle yeah um and these you know this red room thing is an awful thing it's it it is a truly, truly awful thing what they do to these young women. And and I don't think you you need to explore that completely if you're going to give it the weight it deserves. Yeah. No, definitely. I, I definitely I think it would have probably been beneficial for us to see a little bit uh, uh, like if you're going to lean in, if you're going to talk about the cruelty and the brutality of it, you might need to lean into it a little bit more, too. Uh, I mean, the show versus tell would have been a little bit more. Um, yeah, so there's this, I think, a John Wick. And when it's, I think it might be John Wick three, I think, uh, when John is walking through the back of like the theater and he's seeing, he's seeing the ballerinas, the, the, yeah. the female spies training. And like one of them is like ripping off a toenail because right. of that. Like that is, that's not like a high level brutality, but you understand the cruelty and the torturous uh, nature of everything from that one shot. Right. And so we needed to, see, I needed to see more of their suffering through their training as they're forced to do this right um yeah i don't know uh th- yeah it was just there there was a, there was moments in the film that i was just like this is really strange i i have to say i hated that they hid that um that they hid that plan from us because i didn't think that it was done well the uh the flashbacks the brief flashbacks they had to explain the uh the, the mask the, the mask the mask yeah i thought that was just gimmicky and that there probably was a different way to do it uh in the same way that i also i i didn't like the tone of of the opening credits where there's a bunch of like flashing to the storage container like there's just disjointed imagery there too yeah and th- that stuff's horrible like th- yeah. for me that's really where we need to figure out I want to know what happened in the past yeah. 18 months yeah. because this is a hard-edged spy thriller mm-hmm. about broken young women in a world that treats them badly. And instead we get a film that yeah. pull, that doesn't quite go the distance. I, I really wonder if they leaned really hard into it and Marvel was like, you got to tone it, and maybe, tone it down. Right, maybe the case, right. I, that's that's kind of where now I'm thinking about it because... I, I, because that the, would make it disjointed. That's what that's what would cause that right studio the more, interference. But the more we th- I think about it, the more 
I keep seeing these hard, brutal images. Mm -hmm. And then the disjointed parts feel like humor, which Pew lands 100%. Like, I don't want to... Nothing wrong with it. She is... Her sarcasm, her sort of childlike... Yeah. Innocence that she plays the whole thing. Mm -hmm. It's really lovely. And and I don't get as strong a sense from Johansson of the bigger sister, which to be honest, could also be part of the deadened heart that we aren't seeing from the brutality. So I mm-hmm. think yeah. that that problem is a problem of, you know, we're working through this in sort of the hot take fashion, right? Where yeah. the, the problem is the problem of that brutality not fleshing itself out completely in the movie needing to pull back. And so when we hear the girls crying in the theater at the end, mm-hmm. uh, that means the film's, th- that tone was righteous if it had played its way through. Right. Right. You know. Yeah. 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 I mean, they those girls were weeping at the, at when when Yelanik uh, like was at the grave and whistling. I mean, like, literally, the when the dog jumped out of the car. Yeah. From there to the end, there were those women were crying. That grave was meaningful to them. Yeah. Um, and we know that there's been a lot of flack about the way, you know, Natasha's death is essentially for gotten right in in the end in, of Endgame. <laughs> Endgame. like she yeah. just wiped just, just off doesn't the story matter. yep um you know uh we we have plenty of mourning i guess but yeah but you know whatever um th- this those those young people experienced that morning and, and i don't want to belittle the value totally. of the film for totally. that i think the filmmaking questions we're raising are completely different than the need for the story's presence mm-hmm. and the value of the emotional content that's present. Uh, uh, yeah, even yeah, if yeah. it's broken up, we're just picking at it from a filmmaking perspective, right. and not from a uh, emotionally impactful perspective, right? Like those those people crying in the film or crying in the theater, sorry, have every right to feel that way, and I'm glad they felt the way they did because it means the 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 message of that moment landed the way that the filmmakers likely wanted it. They wanted that emotional impact. Well, and the way Natasha deserves. Yeah. In right. The, the morning arc. that she got was the morning that, that, uh, these kids gave her, right. These, these women in the theater mm-hmm. gave her. Um, so that was cool. Uh, but yeah, we're just picking at it from a filmmaking perspective, which is totally fine because there are problems with it. I don't want, I don't want people to think that this is a, this is just a great movie because there are some serious issues with it. But, it's an enjoyable movie. I had a I had a great time watching it. I'll watch it again. Yeah, I, I'll watch I it on the big screen again. I'll watch it on the little screen again. This will be 100% a movie that I watch if I'm going to watch the entirety of the well, MCU. And you're going to watch it in the right place, whether yeah. that's at the end of Civil War gonna, or wherever yeah, exactly. it fits. No, it's going to be it's going to it's going to be right after Civil War. It's got to be yeah. right in there like it and I think that watching it there it would it's going to help profound. Yeah, yeah. it's going to it's going to make a huge difference. Well, ta- whoa, boy, the loss of Natasha in uh Endgame would be brutal. The mm-hmm. mo- the reason she stays on at the beginning of Endgame is more meaningful mm-hmm. with this movie ahead of it. Uh-huh. Her feelings about family in relationship to mm-hmm. all of these guys who she's brought together. Yeah. All of those things. I mean, she's essentially this matriarchal figure in Endgame, right? She's the one holding kind of everybody together. Mm-hmm. She's holding down the fort. Fury's gone. She's 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 the one everyone reports to, you know. Um, she's in she's in charge, and so she's gone from this sister role to to not having a family to uh, being the leader of this family, essentially. Right. You know. And there's something about that that would that that I think rewatching Endgame now mm-hmm. with this film ahead of you, that that death which is already yeah. pretty powerful goes the distance. Yeah, goes it, it hits a little bit harder. Uh, I expect I actually expected Clint to show up at the grave at the tombstone instead right. of Val. Um, well, and maybe that was the original. Yeah, original maybe. thing. Maybe it was Hawkeye comes next to her or something mm-hmm. uh, because he she does talk about the Budapest. Yeah. Moment. Yeah. Um, and what they did and that it really changes what we thought. I mean, our my vibe about it was always they fought against someone. And now yeah. it's this much more awful thing, thing. that they did. Mm-hmm. And then this hideout, this long term, right. like locked up together process, which uh, would have been great to see, I guess, or reminisce about even more. But yeah. uh, but that changes some of what that feels like, too. Totally. Yeah, totally. And it, it, I mean, it gives context to, to 
previous films, right? When they mm -hmm. talk about certain things, which is cool. Um, yeah, their fight on that cliff. Yeah, m means something different, knowing that they spent three weeks in a air vent together. Right, right, like right, a, right. As opposed to, yeah, we fought a battle and I saved you. Right, it right? wasn't just like a, a, a <sighs> one hour fight. It was a they spent a lot of time in an air vent and in this house waiting it out. Right. Yeah. Right. So yeah, I I I totally agree. I think that's cool. Um, I want to talk about this pheromone thing real quick. Okay. I thought that was the most ridiculous thing <laughs> of all time, which very Bondy, I guess, in a sense too, where you just have this weird thing, and uh, I, maybe maybe early Bond, maybe like maybe not Daniel Craig Bond, but uh, just this, this weird. I'm like, how do you got to sever the nerve to? I don't know much about pheromones, but. Well, the pheromone thing I'll buy, right? Because yeah. pheromones are powerful things. Sure. But the severing of the nerve felt like a... A little extreme. It was a clever, like, her getting beat up and taking the beating, which is a little Captain Merrick-y. Like, I like uh -huh. that, all that stuff. Uh, yeah, But I'm then the reason too. being that it was severing a nerve, which now she can't experience pheromones, pheromones ever. Ever again, yeah. That's, that's, a, that's a weird thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll... I'll I, was, I, was, I thought it was just such a strange... What a weird thing to put in place. Uh, yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Well, I thought she was gonna, like, literally in that scene, she was gonna operate on her. I thought when we get that flashback, we get that flash. She's like, yeah, you, you know, uh, you have to get your nerve your, cut. Your I nerve thought she was cut. gonna like put scissors up her nose, like she's and done. Cut it. Um, well, and and wouldn't the pheromone thing? Would that, how do you install that into somebody? You can't. And I, and wouldn't that go away with the mist that antidote? So. So the thing about pheromones and what could have been done is it's like, it's like, you, you know, like aversion training? therapy, right? Oh, I see. Okay. So like you habituate someone's behavior based mm -hmm. around it because all of the brainwashing that takes place, because Natasha doesn't have the chemical, right? right she's right. fully she's, brainwashed. She's free willed, and yeah. her her escape is why the chemical becomes important, apparently, which gotcha. yeah, doesn't right. get clearly. No, it doesn't get addressed. Like she's the reason that that that. Everyone that has chemical, chemical was in created, it, right? Yeah. And there's something about that that could have landed too that maybe mm -hmm. was too heavy or too sure. hard or got cut, whatever. Yeah. But um, yeah, it it strikes me that you that would be part of a a thing to stop you from being able to behave. And her mother has the same problem, right? Mm -hmm. She has the same issue. She's the same she has that thing. same pheromone mm -hmm. training that's there. Well, and how close do you need to be to the person for the pheromone to be in effect? So I I can't answer that. We can ask because our like, scientist yeah, friends. Yeah, do we have any scientist friends? Because like, could I just go to the other side of the room and just shoot him? Because at that point, I'm not being affected by the pheromones. Or like, y'all, how close do I need to be? Yeah, so pheromones are in a space. I mean, you know, ants use pheromones entirely to organize sure. their system. Sure. But their pheromones are mostly passed by physical contact. So they're, okay. they're that. And pheromones have a lot of impact on us in our world. The way we encounter people in a room i'm i but that's why she can blow the bomb up from outside right right she can set that bomb off because she's oh, not elena uh, no that's why um oh sorry uh, yeah. natasha can blow up oh i see the, the building because she's building. not in with the there, kid inside. right with the yeah, kid inside yeah, yeah but the i don't know how far it is we'll have to ask someone who knows science to mm -hmm. talk about how far the hormones yes yeah, so that was my back. first thought was like just go to the corner of the room and just just shoot him because at that I, point yeah, it felt very James Bondy though. Yeah, it did for feel sure. very James Bondy, and that was great. Like Sean Connery, sort of James Bond. Mm -hmm. And but but since the movie hadn't leaned fully into the James Bond world, like that that breakout from the prison, hardcore James Bond yep. sequence, yep. right? Yeah, Marvel in tune with it too, but very James Bond. The end sequence, the diving off the platform, and you know mm -hmm. the putting the parachute on is like straight out of James Bond. Yeah. Um, Absolutely, and those things are, are it's in any means necessary sort of thing, right? Yeah. Like you're gonna go to any length to to save the partner. You're gonna go to any length to survive this situation, and and, uh, and we get yeah. these big set pieces that are full of very very grounded action. Mm -hmm. You know, like that. As much as Harbor's character has super strength, we don't. That doesn't overwhelm us, right? You right, know, right. we get that he's running, he's jumping, he's whatever. That's the other thing I wanted to talk to you about. Was he says he's fought Captain America? Captain was in the ice during that time. So did he fight Isaiah Bradley? Did uh, he so, fight a different so a different Captain America? Yeah, maybe, maybe that would be an interesting thing to look no, into. No, because because when when was he when was he Red Guardian? It was 
what, 80s and 90s? Well, that's certainly what that's, we're getting a sense of, right? Because it was 1995 Ohio, right, that we right. started in or something along and those that's, lines. And that's essentially when he's done, And it right? wouldn't have, I don't, yeah, maybe it would have been, I don't know if it would have been Isaiah Bradley. He would have been in prison at that point. Uh, it was, and he can also, which it seems to be, is lying. That That's a legit comic book throwback, right? Yeah, yeah. So you need, one of the problems of the Red Guardian mm-hmm. is that post the fall of the Berlin, Berlin Wall, all of those Russian characters become less significant in the comics. But pre then, they were active Mm. in the comics. You know, like we were fighting Nazis, we were fighting Russian communists or Mm. Soviet uh, communists. That's what we were fighting. And so you saw those characters appear and they are fighting for their country. Yeah. But by the time this story takes place, by the time Captain America takes place, that's all done, right? Right, 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 right. Well, and so the way that Red Guardian feels about forgotten about and all that is completely mirroring how the comics just kind of like pushed them aside. You I think, think I, if if they did it for that reason, that's super clever, and I'm really impressed. Yeah, I don't know if they did or not. Okay, uh, it's all just weird continuity stuff that you have to sure. to you know. I feel like this movie is potentially almost like a giant retcon, right? Right. Um, and so you have to maybe that's what you have to do. He could also just be lying. Sure, yeah. He yeah. is a buffoon to some great extent. Yeah, I mean absolutely. a strong buffoon, but uh, yeah, a buffoon. Yeah. Yeah, he, they call him an idiot at one point, right? right? Yeah. And and he definitely is. Um he's e- easily manipulated. Right. And uh lovable, but an idiot. Right. You know. So Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I will I'd watch it again. I'd watch it again. I enjoyed it. It'll like I actually will likely watch like it better, I think on a second viewing. I think for sure, because I think you're not going to feel jarred by those strange edits yeah. or cuts or missing pieces. I have the expectation now going. Yeah, yeah, and so you know where it is. And But I also would say that I had an expectation of it being a complete train wreck from what I'd read. Yeah. And I just don't think it's a complete train wreck. I haven't I haven't read anything. I've only seen like the two and a half stars Dan Scully gave it on right. Letterboxd or something like that. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I think that it's it has its problems. It's an enjoyable film. And in a world of of the MCU being an important part of our mm. culture. Yeah. I don't want to bash this film in a way that makes people not see it. Cause we need to let the women in the MCU absolutely, have the yeah, stage. Absolutely. I, I just, I think they deserve a better and even a, a better made movie. Right. Right. And like we said, this thing could have, um, th- there, there could have been issues with, uh, timing based on when it's released could have been issues with, uh, you know, pushing too hard for a specific tone and they have to dial it back. Like, there could have been some serious issues. Uh, it, the, the the director's cut might be awesome. Right, right, no, I, actually, it's a, or the director's cut might be what we saw. Right. And then we just have no there idea. were bad choices. We won't know yeah, that. Yeah, we have no idea. You know what this reminds me of in a way? It reminds me of The Kitchen. Oh, yeah, okay. Right, mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. it's this woman's story mm-hmm. that gets produced by a female director and is damaged in its final version. Yeah, and the reason we said that that movie didn't do so well was because it was the director was inexperienced, right? We looked her up and there wasn't as much work under her belt. And I actually feel the same way about this because we looked up the director for this film. There was no, I don't know anything that she's right, done. And, right. and anything that she's done has been very, I think probably very indie. Well, there's a nice block of time between the last film and yeah, this Yeah, and so I... I I think that I think that this suffers because it doesn't have an experienced director under under its belt, you know, under right. under the uh, and under on the, the hood, you know, the back end of the kitchen because of Warner Brothers. We mm. know that oh, yeah, yeah, that yeah. An inexperienced director was getting her ass handed to her right by from this Warner Brothers. Head, and yeah. I wonder if yeah. the MCU in the background mm-hmm. started to cause issues for this director in the edit or mm. multiple edits, whatever had to happen sure. over the past year. Um as they re-released and pushed it back and it fell into a different component. Yeah. You know, it was supposed to be the last film, right, of the previous phase. Right. It probably should, again, should have been earlier, but mm-hmm. now it's not. Now it's in the middle of what has been a restarted phase. Yeah, COVID really just rocked uh, the heck out of this and, thing, right? Yeah, and so we, you know, we have um, Visions uh, and Scarlet Witch, so WandaVision mm-hmm. and um, uh, Captain America and The White Wolf, which we'll stick with. Those films... <laughs> 
um, they've really changed the game for us. Mm-hmm. Loki's changed the game for us. Mm-hmm. And this now feels like it's out of place. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, yeah. This should have... This today, if they were to start work on this today, I think it would have been a six to eight part series. I don't think they would have done a film. I think, I think they would have given right. Natasha eight parts. Yeah. And uh, they would have taken the time to tell a, a, a spy thriller over eight parts. And if this film had come out when it was supposed to, I wonder if it would be a cleaner edit. Yeah. And mm-hmm. that the fact these other properties have started to develop and the MCU is moving in directions and having to pivot because of the fact they've lost time. I mean, yeah. just look at the fall, right. right? Where we have film after film after film. You know, Black Widow being followed by uh, Shang-Chi or Shang-Chi is hard. They're, that's a hard pairing. Yeah. You know, why not flip and put Strange first? Well, because you want that slightly weaker film or less, less audience driving film a mm-hmm. film that people don't know as well on labor day yeah. you don't want it mid-november right, right. and wh- where where's spider-man fall and all of these choices are things that they've had to really adjust yeah and they gain the rights to the x-men in the middle of all this like right. all of this stuff that happened i wonder how much of that may have had impact yeah. on yeah uh, on the totally the filmmaking of this piece yeah a lot of a lot of a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes that we just don't know about and can't speak to but mm-hmm. uh Definitely see this in the theaters. Definitely see it regardless. If you don't want to make it out to theaters because you're not comfortable, definitely watch it, you know, on Disney Premier Access and, you know, invite all your friends over and watch it together. Although, if you're inviting all your friends over, you should be comfortable enough to just go to the theater maybe. But I don't know. I, I didn't feel freaked out today. I didn't at either at all. No. I, I mean, it was no. strange at the end when they turned on all the lights when they f- there's yeah, going to be a post-credit on. scene. Yeah, I'm like, guys, you know. And that scene would have played so well in the dark. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Well, the janitors came in before the credits were even done. I'm like, you know, this is an Mar- a Marvel film, right? Like, you know, we're gonna all everybody is sitting here until go use the bathroom or something. Like, just go leave. <laughs> you're gonna you're spoiling this for yourself. This is the first viewing. Well, in the this one theater. guy was absolutely spoiled because he he turned to the theater as those young women were crying and he watched. Yeah, because it was a good last scene. Yeah, yeah, know? yeah. So anyway, go see the film. Agreed. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Racking Focus podcast. We'd love for you to join in on the conversation by leaving us a message at anchor.fm slash podcast. The link is in the description of this episode. We'd love to feature you in the podcast and respond to your questions and thoughts in a future episode. And if you want to track all the films we watch and talk about, you can catch either of us at Letterboxd. Uh, you can find me there at John Doyle. And I'm at Josiah Blizzard. The links to our profiles are also in the description of this episode. We'd also love for you to leave us a review wherever you're listening. And we ask you to leave a five-star review because that helps people notice us. But you can leave whatever comment you want about us in the review. That way you can share your opinion and increase the conversation. Lastly, follow us on Instagram at Racking Focus Podcast, where we post screen grabs from some of our films we're watching and where we'll keep you updated on the episodes that are releasing week by week. If you are listening to an episode, we'd love for you to share a screenshot of that episode you're listening to and tag us in your story. Anything else to add, John? Nope, but I think Stephanie has something to say. Actually, Steph is not around to let you know what is coming out next because we forgot to record her outro. So, the movies that we will be talking about next week, I believe, is going to be what we're dubbing the multi-movie extravaganza, which is going to be Army of the Dead, Mank, One Night in Miami, and Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Three of four of those movies are on Netflix, and one of them is from Amazon Prime Video. So you can watch these at home on your streaming service and come and join us for an awesome conversation about those films. If that's not the episode that's released next week, well, I'm sorry I'm misleading you, and you're just going to have to stay tuned to find out what movie we're going to be talking about. Thanks for listening to the Racking Focus Podcast.